You're listening to The Outspoken Bible, a podcast from Bible 2020 with Fiona Stewart, Jen Robertson and Neil Glover. Well, welcome back to The Outspoken Bible. I'm Fiona Stewart. I'm joined once again by Neil Glover and Jen Robertson. Hello to both of you. So just just to kind of keep us up to speed with where we're at, a reminder for regular listeners. So today we're still tracking with Bible 2020 with the reading plan and we're going to be talking about the goodness of God. And you can find those readings on the Bible 2020 app. Now for this episode and the next, we're returning to the themes that arose from the passages that we talked about this time last year. We've all tried to listen back to... um, Last year's podcasting, probably quite a painful experience for some of us, uh, but hopefully it's brought a a fresh perspective also um, as we've thought about this in the light of what we've experienced in the last 12 months. So once we're past these next two episodes, we're going to move into season two of Outspoken Bible and that will start on the 6th of March and we're going to take a dive into the Gospel of Mark. So that's a wee heads up if you want to read ahead to be uh, reading in, in Mark's Gospel. And we're going to incorporate a couple of new segments. So last time, Jen, we talked about your new segment. We've we finally landed, I think, on a name, which is Jen's Gems. What was the thing you said to me about gems? Well, I'm no expert on finding gems. I mean, I've never really gone uh, hunting for diamonds and rivers, but I think probably gems are found in messy situations. They take thousands and thousands of years to be created. They appear under pressure I think but they're found in messy situations you have to get your hands dirty to get gems so let's not imagine when we're talking about these gems that they're easy or uh, come off the tip of the tongue they need a lot of thinking and care and they might seem a bit messy at times Great. So we'll be kind of swirling about in the mud with that. And yeah. and what we're doing with that is it's an opportunity really to pose gnarly questions and concepts to Jen. And uh, she's going to help us explain a little bit about how we can explain things to, to a younger generation. So you can contact us via the Scottish.Bible website. So it's Scottish.Bible forward slash outspoken. And there will be some sort of buzz button. Loving that concept, a buzz button that that will let you um, fire off a message to us uh, with a question for Jen's Gems. And we'll kick that off properly next week, uh, Jen's Gems. Now, we were also beginning to think last time about, well, what can we get Neil to do as his section? And we've gone around the houses a bit. We, We thought about mansplaining. We were enjoying that as a concept. But we have landed on, and we've got Alistair Wallace to thank for this, a lovely title. This is Glover's Off. Glover's off. Glover's yeah. off. Glover's off on one. Yeah. So Glover's off, though. It's not. It, I mean, it's, it could be very easy to go down a, a, a middle-aged man's rant on that, but it's not going to be that, is I'm it? Not, I'm not going to go the full Clarkson if I can say that. No. So today <laughs> I want to talk about chaffinches. I want to be have a celebratory rant. And this morning I was looking out on our bird table, um, and uh, the the feeder that we've got actually it's more of a feeder more than a bird table, and that does attract birds. Um, Fiona, you were saying that um, you had a disappointing experience with the RSPB bird watching weekend. Yes, weekend. I'm a bit embarrassed to admit this, really. So, so I I was trying to do it, sit for an hour and watch birds, and and nothing and, came to and my Jen garden. And Jen and I immediately said, "Well, what did you have in your garden?" And you said, "Well, you said, did I have a feeder?" And I said. No. <laughs> you were all agreed that they didn't I just, come. I just thought it was about tracking the number of birds who happened to pass through. I didn't know I had to track them in. <laughs> so anyway, like we, a- have, we, have, we have loads of birds in our garden this morning, but I, I want to celebrate the chaffinch because the chaffinches were particularly interesting. And the chaffinch gets neglected. It's in a kind of middle ground of birdery. Um, on the lower end, if you want to talk about the mundane, then you'll talk about the sparrow. And Jesus talks about the sparrow. His eyes on the sparrow. Or if you want to talk about um, the glamour birds, like the great tits and the blue tits and the cool tits and even 
for uh, the Goldfinch, which is I think it's called the Fire of the Forest or the Flame of the Forest in Gaelic, or or even even the the Dove, which of course gets lots of mentions in the Bible, and there were plenty of them today. Um, but the chaffinch occupies this middle ground, and yet it was a family of chaffinches that I was watching this morning, and we are going to link that to our podcast later on. Oh, I like how you've done that. You've set that up as a lovely little trail. So Glover's Off, that's going to become a regular segment, and that's going to be about a celebration of small things and things you've noticed and things that um, actually don't take you off on a rant, but take you on a, on a, on a positive route. He does great things too marvellous to understand. He performs countless miracles. He gives rain to the, for the earth and water for the fields. He gives prosperity to the poor and protects those who suffer. He frustrates the plans of schemers, so the work of their hands will not succeed. He traps the wise in their own cleverness, so their cunning schemes are thwarted. They find it is dark in the daytime and they grope at noon as if it were night. He rescues the poor from the cutting words of the straw and rescues them from the clutches of the powerful. And so at last the poor have hope and the snapping jaws of the wicked are shut. So today we're going to be we're going to be revisiting the topic of a good God, uh, and we were reading through the readings from um, Bible Twenty Twenty from last time. Let me just ask you first of all about about how you found the experience of listening back to last year's episode on a good God. I think the main thing for me was some little things that we said, which were kind of skimmed over, and we could talk about the more. One of them is Neil mentions very briefly in in last year's episode about compassion being a womb word. Now, even saying that, it's difficult to pick up. So womb, as in uterus, eh, but this idea that compassion comes from deep down and has a maternal nature, God's deep compassion, like a mother for her child. And I just wanted to talk about that more as I listened back. And that was the main thing for me. Okay, okay. Neil, how are you? Many years ago, I studied logic. And one of the laws of logic is that you can say anything you like about something that doesn't exist and you're not lying. So I can say anything I like about my experience of having listened back to the podcast because <laughs> unfortunately it didn't exist and I wouldn't be lying. Um, but uh, yeah, so I was very interested to hear what you had said and apparently said there was lots of interrupting and I immediately had guilty pangs. <laughs> and I also have guilty pangs because I didn't do my homework. So I'm really, really sorry. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. It's, it's uh, not really, it's though. I should, have, and... I should have done it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking about Marcellus. Marcellus. No, Marcion. Marcion. Oh, yeah. Because I realised actually Marcion's come up quite a lot for me this year people keep talking about him or I keep reading about him and every time actually I've thought back to the fact that oh, I know who Martian is because because Neil Glover talked about him in the podcast and he what was, I hadn't realised was, was it was episode two episode two sorry he was interrupting me to yeah, say something no. well just just we've <laughs> casually mentioned Martian and just in case anyone didn't listen to the episode he was the he was later branded a heretic and um, because he didn't want the old testament it's interesting because I think the reason he has come up a lot this year is that the old testament has felt quite significant actually in terms yeah. of uh, some of the, the places we've gone for, for refuge through the course of the year. Well, if people do want to listen back, then we would say we are, we're better at listening and we're better at not interrupting each other now. Well, we like to hope we are anyway. So we're going to kick on, kick off, carry on with uh, today's episode. So I wanted to... You want this endless search for a segue? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I wanted to start with thinking, Neil, you said something when we were talking in advance about the study of God and you were talking about Psalm 27, which is one of the uh, Psalms in the readings that we looked at. 
So there are two, two points. One is that a book which had an early influence on me in my Christian life was uh, a, quite a, a classic book called Knowing God by J.I. Packer. And that is simply a book about God and, and the study of God. And he begins it with a quote actually from Spurgeon, who I think was only 20 years old at the time when he said this, an incredibly eloquent passage about how the, the thing that we can devote ourselves to most or should devote ourselves to the most is, is the study of God. And I've had a, an interesting relationship with that. I remember when I did my theology degree, I often thought that theology itself was was dry and abstract and actually of far more interest would be biblical studies. I'm not saying that's separate from theology, but in, when you study theology, it's treated as a different stu- subject. And uh, I remember my New Testament teacher saying to me, oh, he said, he said, um, folks too often don't study theology and just talk about the Bible and they need to study theology as well. And I, I, at the time, I just thought, yeah, yeah, that's true. You're sure. Um, but I, I think he's right that, that there's a passionate desire simply to draw near to God, almost un, unmediated or mediated at all through through Jesus Christ. Um, it's it's no surprise that theology is called the queen of the sciences, and Psalm twenty one, Psalm twenty seven captures that. Well, this one thing that I ask, that I shall dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in His temple. And I hope that might be what we do in this episode: is that sense of gazing on the beauty of the Lord and inquiring in His temple, because it's mm. the one thing that I ask above all. I think we've got a fresh understanding of that in in our experience at the moment, haven't we? Because we're we're spending a lot of time communicating people th- with people through a mediated form, and there's a longing, isn't there, to be in the presence mm. of other people? Mm. <laughs> I wrote a poem about that this morning, but I I think um, I, in some way that maybe gives a wee insight into into the 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 heart of of David when he wrote that I'm assuming it's the Psalm of David actually. Do you, do you think do you think um, there's almost a sense sorry to go off on a slight tangent do you almost think I'm almost slightly scared of that moment because what's it going to be like are we ready for that level of immediacy with people Oh I'm terrified I'm ter- I find it quite difficult even when you bump into somebody in the street yeah. to to hold a proper conversation never mind if I'm in close you know if I when the day comes when I'm able to be in close proximity to people I wonder I if there's, yeah. sorry, just to say, I, w- I wonder if there's an analogy then with our relationship with God, that there's almost mm-hmm. a fear to go there. And Psalm 27, mm-hmm. and then some of the passages that you get in the New Testament where Paul talks about boldly going into the presence of God, I think it's to overcome that reticence and to enjoy the immediacy. Yeah. Sorry, the, sorry, Jenna, interrupt. No, there's a couple of things that, first of that thing of the fear of being with people. I went into the garage the other day. This is me bringing it back down to earth. Sorry, I didn't intend that at all. I went into the garage the other day to pick up my car for an MOT and I was in this tiny office with my mask on and another person came into the room. And so I immediately left the room back outside into the rain because I thought I can't be in this small Mm. area with this person. And then he came out and he was all apologetic. Oh, I'm sorry, I invaded your space. And they were both outside in the rain. And then it was just so awkward and... And then we glimpse into what we were just thinking about there, um, you know, the, what will it be like in the future. But I also think from Sam, that dwelling in Psalm 27 about, it seems so gentle and reflective. And you were saying, Fiona, how last year at this time, there was lots of interrupting and and, and how we spoke in the podcast. And I'm very aware that I just don't care so much about being heard. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm, I'm, I feel I'm far more relaxed. 
uh, life has slowed down. Um, not that I, I haven't, I've not lost urgency or, or things that really matter, but there's a gentleness and there's a gentleness about that dwelling in God's presence that we don't mm-hmm. have to work really hard or do this or do that and, and then we'll be in God's presence. But it's about stopping and taking time and care in each little bit of the day, whether that's walking or cooking or talking. And, I yeah. think, and maybe that's and, part and of the it, fear it of back in that word dwelling, doesn't it? So, yeah. so, so that's that's the word that's repeated in those verses. So I dwell in the house, gaze on the beauty of God. So the first passage here that you're talking about being present to God is Job chapter five. And on the face of it, it looks a very, not quite straightforward, but correct psalm about God performing wonders and providing rain for the earth. It becomes a little bit mechanistic where it says he catches the wise in their craftiness and the schemes of the wily are swept away. And and he saves from the clutches of the powerful, the poor. But there are many psalms which have very similar words in it. But what's very interesting is if you go to the end of Job, you discover that God puts some distance between God's self and those sorts of words. He actually turns to Eliphaz and he says, my wrath is kindled against you and against your two friends. It's Eliphaz who's speaking at this point in Job chapter 5, for you have not spoken me what is right. And I wonder, well, what is not right? And I think it's that willingness to engage, to move, to be present, to almost not use words about God and mm-hmm. to begin to talk to God. And I think that that movement, that dwelling, that that determined intentional presence within God is what's envisaged in Psalm 27 and is maybe what is not quite there in Job chapter 5. I, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I did, I did feel that that Job passage was, was sort of slightly plucked out and, and plonked down into these. And it, I, I've been looking, I've been reading the book of Job this week, actually, and... I find it a really hard book, actually, because because you, you you do need to almost have different voices for each of the characters, so you can begin to have a. You, what you need is you you know in a novel when you get those list of characters at the beginning mm. and it tells you how they're all related to each other and you know what their role is and the thing. Actually, that's what I need in the book of Job. So I need somebody to be reminding me constantly as I'm reading. Now, just remember, this isn't just straightforward interpretation of what God is really like. This is somebody mm. exploring what they think God is like. Um, so, so I did. I did feel that in one way it pushed me back towards going and reading the rest of the book. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But that's quite hard work, actually, reading the rest mm. of the book. But um, it's another reminder, isn't it, of the importance of of not just taking a verse plucked out of the Bible yes. at face value, but understanding who is saying this and who they're saying it to and why they're saying it. Because yes. when you read it in in the light of what Neil said, then you see that this is someone who maybe is just. Um, giving someone the right words when they're faced with the suffering of someone else you know Mm -hmm. this is god this is how it is uh get on with it rather Mm -hmm. than sitting beside someone in the way that god does when we dwell with him and hearing what what they're going through yes and of course we talked about that when we we talked about jonah earlier in the Mm. year Mm. we talked about that same thing didn't we where he he knew the right things to say or he thought the right things to say or he and what you as a reader you need to do is just delve below that and really get to the heart of what he's what he's really saying and and maybe that's where Psalm 27 it, it, it touches a, a kind of heart response doesn't it in us that's not about the words that we know or what we the knowledge that we have but it, it's a it's a heart response of you know when it's all stripped away and I don't have the vocabulary what do I want I want to dwell in the presence of God and in, in, in his holy temple 
And there's a there's an important thing there as well, I think, being open to mystery. The word that's used in Psalm 27 is to inquire into the presence of God or inquire. There's an asking. I heard somebody once say yesterday that that sometimes the saints are the ones who most passionately ask the questions to God rather than who most vociferously defend the answers. Hmm. And I, I think there's elements of that, for example, in Psalm 46, where it says, I am God and there is no other, and there is none like me. There is an otherness to God. And, and in Judaism, there is always that resistance to idols, to try and tap down God, to limit God. Or in hmm. Jeremiah, no one is like you, Lord, who should not fear you. That there is no one like you, even amongst the wise leaders of the of the nations. And in Deuteronomy 4, there is no other like God. There is an, an a holy otherness to God. Augustine once said, if you understand it, it is not God. And I think there is something here. It's not to say nothing about God. That, that's not what's going on in these passages either. It's, it is not a demand for total silence. But at the same time, there is, there is a demand... Or there is an insistence that there is a mystery that God is beyond us. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I'm, I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depth of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained me, ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Praise be to God. Jen, you were talking about the, the idea of compassion and the, the mother the mother hen and the mother womb. The, do you want yeah, to talk well, about it, that? Well, it's the compassion word. Sometimes in the Bible the word, the word is a, a womb word, a, a maternal word, God's compassion for us as his children. But I, when I was reading, I read Psalm 139 yesterday as I was pre- preparing for this. Um, and as I was going to sleep last night, I had so many questions about it. And I, and I woke up this morning early. I mean, I often wake up early, but I woke up even earlier. And it was just so much in my head around these words in Psalm 139, you know, when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, you your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. And my mind went to people who feel that the way they are is not the way they should be. And, mm-hmm. and so what does that mean? If, if, if these words say that God has made us and he's carefully made us. And then I went on to my own experience of a miscarriage early on in pregnancy. What, what did that mean? Mm-hmm. for that um what was going on inside me when you know the, the reason for my miscarriage was because the baby had missed a developmental stage and was never going to become a baby what was going on there in the secret place um it took me to thinking about abortion and, and the reasons um, people end up in that situation what does that say about god making us carefully um for children with disability maybe with so many additional needs, what happened there when God was making them in the secret mm-hmm. place. So really, I'm just doing what Neil said there about the questions. I had so many questions about reading this part of the Bible. Um, and I, I was just sitting there looking out the window at the rain. And, and the, for the rain, for me, is a blessing. You know, I have a warm home. It looks lovely. The rain's coming down the window. 
But something that's a blessing to me may be a deeply painful experience for someone else uh, because they're outside and they're cold and they have no home. And, mm. and the same as these words, you know, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, if we know that, if we know that in our heart to be true, then that's a great, a good place to be. But if we don't feel, for whatever reason, maybe, maybe our mental health is very poor and we don't feel wonderfully made, wh where do we go with these words? How do we explore them? How, how do we dwell with God to understand what he's saying to us in so many situations that surround us just now? Janice, you were talking there. I, I just found myself, even as you asked those questions, provoked by that, just being really drawn into the mystery of the world and, and the question of where God is. Even as you asked the questions, you know, there was a crow that flew past and there's the bird <laughs> in front of my window and there's the, the snow that I can see up in the hills. And as I speak, there are two sparrows flying around each other. And all the time as you asked the question, I was being drawn again into where God are you in this, this, um, this, in this whole being. You know, Pete, Pete Craig tells this lovely story of um, one day he was walking along and it was one of the most profound experiences, he said, of, of God that he'd ever had. Pete Gregg, who's founded 24-7 Prayer, and, and has wrote beautifully on, on prayer in particular. And he was in front of this tree and he felt God was going to talk to him. And he kept saying, God, what is it you want me to say? And God just said, he heard God as clearly as he's ever heard anything said. He just said, what brilliant tree. And, <laughs> and, yeah, and Pete Gregg was just, God was almost saying to him, Pete, would you would you lighten up sometimes? Would you just look at this tree that I've made and, and how I'm part of this? And and isn't it a great tree? And I think there's similar sentiment behind these these verses and and as we read them and and Jane, there was just something very profound as you even spoke and articulated the questions which were provoked in you by reading a psalm. It, 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 there was something very sacred. I, I I was thinking as well as you were speaking, Jen, that that. I suppose I'm coming back to, to I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. There's almost something, isn't there, of of each of those situations you described there when when someone wrestles with that is deeply personal to them and, and we can't know another human heart. But there's almost something of 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 actually even just beginning with understanding that that phrase for ourselves, hmm. that I am fearfully and wonderfully made, perhaps allows us, enables us to to speak speak more of God and bring him more into those situations as we ask those questions I, I I'm not sure where I'm going with that really as a an idea. I think I think I'm thinking of the the idea of I, I need to start first of all with with addressing a good view of myself before yes. I begin to take a view on somebody else's yeah and decisions and, and for some of these dilemmas yeah, for some of these situations I've described not all of them that is an essential place to start. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. I, I don't need to be um, what I, what the media, social media says I should be. I don't need to be what the mm -hmm. person next to me is. I, I, I don't need to be what uh, the stereotypes say I should be. But I'm meeting with God and saying, God, what, what did you make me to be? You know, that, that doesn't apply to every context that I described. There's even more nuance in some of them, but you're right, Fiona, I think that's somewhere we have to start. And we yeah. maybe don't do very well with each other. Yeah, and, and maybe some of the some of the interpretation of Psalm 139 is that context that we've just talked about. That it's the context of this is a a beautiful personal response of an individual, isn't it? Mm. That I, yeah. that we can use in, in our own in our own praise. I, I don't want to I don't want to play down what you talked about because I'm 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 not trying to do that at all. 
because those are very real questions. A couple of things that occurred to me as you, as you were speaking there. That the one is this idea of start. Well, I think Fiona Yates start started with a view of self, but uh, mm-hmm. but but then to ask questions in context. One of the things that, that happens a lot in these verses is Israel has this great central statement about God, which is first articulated in Exodus when God appears to Moses, and I think it's Exodus thirty three or thirty four where we hear that the Lord is gracious and compassionate. It's that womb word, that, that passionate statement of God, slow to anger and abounding in love. And that, 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 that statement appears again and again in the scriptures, but each time it, it is often pulled in different directions. So in Psalm 145 here, um, it, it's simply celebrated. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love, and then the Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. But in Psalm 86, it goes in another direction. But to you, Lord, a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, turn to me and have mercy. And this is more of a question. What? Why am I missing out on this right now? God, this is the way you are. Please live up to this. And similarly, um, a complaint in Micah, you will not stay angry forever, but you will delight to show mercy and again have compassion on us. And and what what Israel are doing again and again is this central statement of God and then asking the question, what does that mean to me now? And do I celebrate it? Or actually, if I genuinely feel it's missing, then do I offer complaint to God? Mm. So I think there's something about an interplay always between where we are and the basic sense of who the Bible tells us God is. Mm-hmm. And then there's another thing that happens, just as you were talking, Jen, about social media, I was thinking that in the Isaiah passage, Isaiah 6, where God appears um, to Isaiah with the, the wings and the temple and this great vision. I'm always struck that we're told it's in the year that King Uzziah died. This great, powerful, totemic figure in the history of Israel, he dies. And with it, there's suddenly new fragility and what is Israel going to be? And there is a there is an enormous loss. And probably Isaiah, Uzziah knew Isaiah, so that he's possibly lost his friend. And in that grief in that place of of earthly loss suddenly there comes a new place for the presence of God Uh, some of the mystics used to say that God is made known to us in the in the place of subtraction and I think that there's something about the losing something which also creates space for God to be fully present to us in new ways so 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 can we unpack that a little bit God what did you say in the place of subtraction so in the place of so we're we're talking about mourning, suffering, yes, poverty. Are we are we because because I'm looking at I'm looking at the next part of Psalm 145. So this idea that the Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up those who are bowed down. There is something, isn't there, about the 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 compassion and the love and the identification of God with with the poor. Yeah, I, I think I think it happens in lots of ways. It happens in, in health, and that's not to glamorize or or to be glib about those experiences. I think sometimes it's well where we lose um, an an image of 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 God, which perhaps what had become an idol, and we lose even a, a sense of what used to be a certainty before, and and in these places of subtraction which is fearful, a great emptiness opens up and, and yet into that comes spiritual treasure. And when everything else, mm. which used to be real, somehow mm-hmm. gets questioned, God comes and still says, I'm still here. Um, Richard Rohr makes a distinction sometimes between 
trusting in God and trusting in the things that people say about God. Mm-hmm. And he says sometimes we can't trust the second of those, but still remain re- resolute in our faith in God. And I, I think there's a there's a loss that happens that God makes God's self known to us in new ways. I feel as though every road is bringing me back to Job today. Because yeah. <laughs> that makes me think again of Job yeah. and his comforters. Yeah. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Just to finish off for today, Neil, is there something that you'll take away into the rest of the week, into the rest of the month? It was it was the moment when Jen was asking the questions about Psalm 139, and I, I went mm. into a, almost a spiritual trance as she asked the questions of God, and I became aware of the presence of God uh, around us. So um, maybe maybe that should be turned into some devotional app that bit where Jen asks those questions. Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. I I also was my takeaway would also be about questions. I think, and it, and it's it's out of that Jonah passage that we began mm. with. Sorry, sorry, Job, Job. not Jonah. Job yeah. passage that we we began with. Um, yeah, coming back to to what I said before about about reading. Opinion of God is not God, and and yeah, it's it's encouraging me to go back and and, and really delve into into the book of Job, which um, thankfully I'm going to be doing for a bit of SBS work at some point. So that's a helpful thing to do. But yeah, it's it's it's, it's stimulated something in my thinking around. Around questioning. If 2020 was the year of Isaiah for you, do you think 2021 is going to be the year of Job? The year of Job. The year of Job. I don't really Fascinating. want anybody to have a year of Job because it's. No, I know. Quite... I don't want the year of Job either. I know. I was thinking that when I was listening to it. Yes, I was, I was listening on the audio, um, the NIV David Sushi version, uh-huh. version. And he actually, it's. I would recommend that if you are wanting to listen to the book of Job or engage with the book of Job, he. Because he he does do the voices slightly. I mean, doesn't mm. doesn't put a big accent on or anything, but there's a slight change of tone with each voice, which I found quite uh, useful when I was listening. Where do you get that? Uh, maybe from, it with your job. That's on. Well, I I find it via Bible Gateway. I think you can maybe yeah, Bible Gateway app really is the way to to find that. And then it's the audio version of the NIV, um, read by David Sushi in mellifluous tones. Incredibly Gen- soporific, I would say. Yes, these are good words. Soporific and mellifluous. <laughs> so, soporific is in there. What's who you? Uh, Peter, Peter Rabbit. Peter Rabbit. It's Flopsy. That's in the Flopsy Bunnies yeah. actually. Yeah. Because it's one of the first big words I ever learned. Yeah, me, t- me too. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, it's the effect of eating too many carrots, isn't it? No, I think um, it's actually lettuce. Le- sorry, it is lettuce. I'm sorry. You're right. Gosh, terrible. On that note, Jen, what's your takeaway going to be? Well, I've got all these big questions about Sam 139. Um, I need to go away and think about them more. And and it ties in a bit with the whole the compassion thing and what, what that means to have compassion to the person in that situation who feels they're not fearfully and wonderfully made, but also wondering um, what is God's perspective in that situation. Uh-huh. So a lot of reading and listening and one more wondering to do around that. Wonderful. That sounds great. Well, there's lots wonderful wondering. Yes, wonderful wondering, and a lot to go away and uh, and cogitate on before we meet again. 
I'm now just using big words for the sake of it. <laughs> uh, next time we're going to be revisiting the, the topic of love, the love of God. Um, and so again, this is your homework. This is your warning, by the way, Neil. So the homework <laughs> is to listen back <laughs> to episode three of Outspoken Bible and uh, listen to what we said back then and then reflect on that as we go into a second time round. And that, as I say, will be the final uh section of final revisit. Bible 2020 the final revisit and then we'll be into the Gospel of Mark after that so once again Jen, Neil thank you so much on thank a rainy you, Thursday morning it's been lovely to chat to you and uh, we'll see you next time see you next time thanks, thank you. thanks Jen